Why did the lion cross the road? To get to the other pride. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart bone exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. It's weird medicine from the world-famous Cardiff Electric Studios. The first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Scott. Well, I said I'm Dr. Scott. What an idiot. That's been a long day. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who gives me street cred. The weirdo alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. Also, the uh, return of DJ Mel B. Hello, DJ Mel B. Hello, what's up, everyone? Everyone was clamoring for your return. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or date or... God dang. I'm, I'll explain in a second why I'm, I'm, I'm just completely run out of steam today. And Dr. Scott WM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, respiratory therapist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. Don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, simplyherbals.net, and also uh, check out stuff.drsteve.com, stuff.drsteve.com. Makes a huge difference, and uh, you just go there, and you can click through to Amazon, or you can buy stuff that we've talked about on the show, including the Navage, the greatest investment in under $100 I've ever made. Uh, it's basically a motorized neti pot, and you don't look as stupid as you do when you do a neti pot, and it, it works better, and it actually sucks stuff out of your nose while it's shooting stuff in the other nostril. Are no. you not familiar with the Navage? I've never used a neti pot. I'm so scared that Well, I'll the Navage is the coolest thing in the world because you can't. It shoots water in one nostril and sucks it out the other one, so it goes in like that. It goes around and then comes back out. I can't out. stand putting stuff up my nose. Well, you don't have, it's, you're, you're not, though. That's what's great about it. Oh, we need to get, okay, I need to call Navaj, and we need to get one, and then let DJ Mel B do it live on the air. Ooh, live on the air, that would be so much Because if she's going to be squeamish, that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> puking right. up her tequila, that'd be bad. No, that would be I'd hilarious. I'd never puke up my tequila. And uh, check us out on Patreon.com at Patreon.com slash Weird Medicine. Uh, those are Tacey and Steve shows. 
And uh, we're having a lot of fun over there. I'm putting some classic shows up there that you cannot find anywhere else. We got some inexpensive tiers and some not so inexpensive tiers, and uh, and hopefully none of my tiers when Tacey uh, rips me a new one on that show from time to time. So, but anyway, it's a fun Good for show. Her. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, that's about it. I oh yeah, um, cameo. I'm still doing cameos. I went up on my price a little bit because I had a pre-Christmas special. Shit. And I went up on my price a little bit, but they're still cheaper and shit compared to everybody else. And I'll say fluid and secretions and uh, basically say whatever you want me to say. So check that out. Go to Cameo and uh, just search for uh, Dr. Steve Weird Medicine or just Weird Medicine. So anyway, uh, the reason that I am flagging a little bit today, and I'm hoping I'll perk up as the show goes on, is I did two hours of Patreon with Carl and uh, producer Chris from uh, Who Are These Podcasts for their Patreon feed and basically did a... um, uh, an analysis of John Melendez, a.k.a. Stuttering John, which was kind of fun, and uh, did some uh, excerpts from his book. And uh, listen, I'm a fan of Stuttering John's, or at least I was a fan of the earlier, I'm okay, thank you, Mel B's handing me a, a shot glass full of tequila. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I loved the guy when he was Hero of the Stupid on the Howard Stern Show, and then I gained respect for him when he was on uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. He seemed like a very engaging guy. He got a neat gig out of that going to uh, The Tonight Show. And then I don't know what happened, but he's not as much fun anymore, and he just seems angry. I feel bad for him. And I do like John, but uh, his book is just its too much fun to listen to and make fun of. And Carl, it's infectious. You know, you get in there with Carl, and, and uh, you start saying things that you normally might not say so he's good at he's good at that but anyway i um uh, really enjoyed it but we started at two and we ended up at four and so i'm just about tapped out and then we're doing another hour and a half of this stuff you know producing and i've got another two and a half hours to get all this stuff ready for broadcast so anyway so Poor I'm just thing. a little out of it. No, no, I, it's not that. It's not that. It's, <laughs> Tell <laughs> me, the tequila will help. I'm, yes, so I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Thank you very much. You go right ahead, DJ Melby. I guess I could call you NPLB, but that's a, or Melby. That's a, that's harder to say. You can call me whatever you want. DJ Mel B sounds like, you know, you're a badass. I am a badass. Spinning, <laughs> spinning some tunes and stuff or whatever the kids say today. So. I think we're about to get so old we don't know any of this. I know. I don't know anything. I, I know nothing. I was, like I was just loss. thinking about it. What do they say? Because you can't say you're spinning anything anymore because nothing's spinning. No. It's all electronic. Do you say you're going to dial the telephone, though? No, I'm going to call somebody. You're going to call somebody. Okay. So you wouldn't say dial this number? How would you say that? Uh, yeah, just you would call, say it. Call that oh, you number. would say call that number? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Like call this number. Because for the longest time, people were still saying dial, but there, mm-hmm. we haven't had dials on phones in forever. Do you re- are you old enough to remember yes, those? Yes. Oh, you are? My grandmother oh, had Oh, you're older one. than I thought. And we would sit at her house and play secretary with the phone, mm-hmm. the one phone that they had that was in the living room. Hmm. I love that story. So anyway, 
doctor. Check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, simplyherbals.net. And happy birthday to Bill Schaefer. Dr. Scott was supposed to remind me last week. And I failed miserably. And you failed miserably. That was 100% on me. Now, Dr. Steve gave me one thing to do, and I I did. (laughs) I remember that at the end of the show. And who is Bill Schaefer? I don't know. Who knows? He's a police officer. Is he? I think he is. Oh, he's the thin blue line. Okay, maybe that's why. But I... Uh, he reached out on the voicemail and said, can you, it's my birthday, can you do a shout-out? It's like, sure, nobody ever asked me to do that. <laughs> so that's who Bill Schaefer is, just somebody who asked for us to do a shout-out, and because no one has ever asked us to do that before, I said, hell yeah. Of course. And now, I even wrote it on the top of my notes. It clearly <laughs> says, <laughs> happy old, birthday, old Bill, Bill. The cop, and I forgot. I, I go on this oh baking Reddit. Now, this is fa- uh, going to be hilarious. Uh, this baking Reddit. And uh, people will take pictures of cakes that they made for themselves for their birthday. <laughs> and it really, it's like... That is depressing. It is depressing. <laughs> I get so sad seeing that. And they make these beautiful cakes. Like it's uh, British baking show quality or beyond. I mean, really nice. They all this intricate piping and all this stuff on there. And uh, I made this for myself for my birthday. And I just imagine this poor person making this cake and being all excited about it and then just sitting down and eating the whole thing, crying the whole time because they have no friends, or you know? It's awful. (laughs) It's awful. And then, of course, everyone's like, oh, you know, good on you, mate. You know, uh, because there's a a lot of people from Maine around here on there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, uh, you know, they they get a lot of attention. So I'm sure that's part of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I I did. I posted something. You know, know, Dr. Stephen, I think the really shitty part about this, this whole last two years is exactly that. I mean. A lot of people just don't don't you know they, what they don't get to hang out with their buddies anymore. They don't come over and have parties and birthday parties and Emmy. You know, you think about all these poor kids that yeah. used to be able to have these cool, you know, three and four God year old damn birthday it, parties. Scott, you're making sense. I know. Dang it. Well, I had to. I feel bad about Brother Bill. The cop. Well, that's what it is. <laughs> Happy birthday, Bill. Happy birthday, Bill. God bless you. Hope you didn't make a cake for yourself this year. I know. <laughs> We're. I mean, he's asking us for a shout out, and what if? He... And I dropped it. And, you know, God. what if that was the only thing <laughs> that he was counting on? He was counting was on for his birthday. birthday. And I screwed it up. All I want for my birthday is a shout out from Dr. Scott, and he wouldn't even That's give right. it to me. I know I Write it down. Up. We'll I, do better I, next year. I, I did. And hell, it's still for <laughs> We should put it on the calendar. That's, and, I, and I would still look at it and not, you know, <laughs> and not do it. I'm one of those people, I don't make lists because I'll forget to look at the list. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm better off. I just. Just go. Yeah. All right. Anybody bring any? Well, so happy birthday, Bill, for the tenth time. <laughs> anybody bring any uh, stories with them? I've we were going to have N uh, uh, N P Jazzy C. I don't know what her name's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Jazzy C. <laughs> That's going to be her name. And uh, her real name is Carissa, and she is uh, one of our partners, and mm-hmm. she is hilarious. Now, this could go one of two ways when she comes. It'll either be she'll hit it out of the park or it'll be a huge train wreck because if she gets nervous mm-hmm. and just starts being that's what nervous. That's tequila is for. That's right. 
Oh well, God. do you want some? Do you know I might where it is? I need to go get some. Go get some. You know where it is. I, I don't right? ever think I've seen in anybody drink it. In the cabinet like under the little sink. In the, I, I finished the bottle. I didn't drink the bottle. I was impressed. Yeah. She she t- makes a distinction between finishing it and drinking it. Yes, mm-hmm. I like it. We it's where now? Okay, so down in the kitchen, there's that long, th- uh, ca- uh, what do you call it, countertop mm-hmm. with a little tiny sink in it, a dry sink. And underneath there is the tequila. Okay, mm-hmm. and then, um, I'm going to go get it. And then right above the oven are all the shot glasses okay. or highball glasses or whatever you want okay. to drink it with. I'll be right back. Okay. So I had to stop buying the expensive bourbon. I have a friend, Mike, this guy named Mike, and I went over to his house, and he's highfalutin. I mean, they've got money. It's ridiculous. And it was cold, and I was there picking up a Christmas present for Tacey because he and his wife own an art gallery. And uh, they said, well, well, you want some bourbon? I said, I don't like bourbon. They said, well, you'll like this. Mm -hmm. And I tasted it, and it... Shot my brain into outer space. Blue, I mean, it blew yeah, blew the top of my head off. Cool. And I've been buying bourbon ever since. But what happens is, I like the taste of it. Mm. I like the burn. I got to have something that's got a heavy burn to it. I mean, I want it to hurt when it goes down. Yeah. And uh, hurt up in my nose and the back of my throat. I just love that. And then that warmth you get as it goes down. Right but I like it. I like the taste of it. I don't have a. I mean, I know everybody says they have a don't have a problem drinking has a problem drinking but i don't have a problem drinking but right. i like it so much that it's hard for me to stop and so what i end up right. doing is something that sounds like someone that has a problem drinking is i will take all my bottles of bourbon and i take it to my friend rick's house okay they were here once were you here when they i think it was a week you weren't here uh he and his wife sang and he writes songs and he was here but anyway yeah. uh, he has all these un you know half empty well, uh, half full for him. He's a glass uh, bottle of bourbon, half full type person. Half full bottles of Willets and um, other kind of um, pricey brandies. There you go. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so. A girl. Here comes DJ Mel B, and she's got. A girl. This is we're going back to old school weird medicine. If you drink enough of that, <laughs> so you've got some Lunathul, which is not bad tequila. And uh, and a and a uh, minion shot glass. Yes, well, you I didn't got get the, the weird medicine shot glass. There's I didn't one down see there. it. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'll give you one. Anyway, so we'll see. So we're going to do a drinking show, and we'll just by God see what happens at the end of an hour, <laughs> where <laughs> DJ Mel B is. Oh, we know where she'll be. Needing right. a ride. So we need a ride. Yeah. That's yeah, that, if that's the worst thing, then you'll be doing pretty good. I can that's get exactly you an Uber. Right. All right. Um, so while she's opening that, Scott, did you have anything? And then we'll go yeah. to get to questions. Yeah, actually, I had, I had two interesting. Okay. And and uh, two positive things, Dr. Steve. I'm, okay. We're starting out the year on a positive note. Good. Um, I should have done something about memory, but that maybe that'll be next week. Um, man gets genetically modified pig heart in world's first. Oh yeah, I like this. I like that, this. It was incredible. Yeah. I'm surprised it took so long. Yeah. So I'm yeah. assuming that they had to modify the pig uh, genetically so that it didn't have certain markers that would cause someone to vigorously reject it. Is that what happened? That that's that is exactly what happened. Oh, I'll get myself one yep. of these then. They Oops, say, wrong one. Oh, anyway, go on. That's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. Give yourself a bill. I was a little delayed, but it, it, it's the second actually pig 
organ transplant. Like the first one was a kidney a couple years ago. Okay. And that was done on a person who was who was brain dead, and they had permission from the family. Wow. So they did that first just to just see. Just to see. Yep. Because people say, how do you do this the yep. first time? That's one way to do it. That's exactly what's to have a brain dead person that's uh, donated, said that they were going to donate their body to science. Which is so awesome. And when people hear that term... I'm going to donate my body to science. What they think of is medical school cadaver yeah. or body farm. Right on. But there is other stuff yeah. that you can do. What You want to be oh, at the body I farm? I want to be at the body farm. Really? Down in Knoxville, yeah. You yep. want your dead boobs just <laughs> seeing how they decay and <laughs> stuff? She's not that's even had do. a full drink yet. Uh, it's kind of really? A, yeah. Well, She's I working part on of it. it. <laughs> So the body farm, yeah. That, yes, yeah, I want to well, go to the body farm. Well, let's get. Well, let's talk about body yeah. farms. Hold that thought. I want to yeah. talk about that because the body farm is interesting. But is cool, yeah. there are other things that you can do when you donate your body to science, yeah. and yeah. this is one of them. One of them. That's great. And so this guy's a 57 year old, and 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 what they what he had to do was to take this genetically modified pig heart because he literally was in such terrible condition. There were no other yeah. options. Sure. Nothing. Evidently, um, thousands and thousands of folks every year die waiting on on transplant. Absolutely, lists, I've, and, and you know that you know that the, I've seen it. The liver transplant, folks, it's really tough because you get somebody that's end stage liver, jaundice, encephalopathy, meaning you know they're having trouble thinking properly, yeah. and uh, they've got um, ascites, you know, big huge belly, big belly full of yeah. fluid, and but they're five months and 15 days since they quit drinking yeah. and they're going to die in five days in, yeah, but they got 15 days before they're six months sober they can't get the liver yeah. and part of that has to do with the scarcity of the liver it also has to do with they want to make sure they're transplanting people that are going to you know get Appreciate some use it. out of it right yeah. Yeah. but um if we had more livers Eh, maybe we could go a li- be a little bit more slack with this. Yeah, but I've seen lots of people die waiting for a transplant. Kidneys, you know, I I see a lot of with, yep. with kidneys, especially renal failures and um, things of that nature. But it's really incredible. But one the the really interesting thing about this article is that they um, what they said because of that one person that allowed them to do research with the with the kidney from a pig. Is they they knew they were going to have to have different anti rejection medications. Right. So they were expecting it. They were kind of prepared for it. So this gentleman, uh, fifty seven years old, is doing well. Um, three days after, and that, now this was three days ago when I got this article. Was, so I don't know how old or how he's doing today, but yeah, as a last check, he was doing well. So that's so that's really exciting. And you think about it too, Doctor Steve. If somebody if somebody uh, is a transplant candidate and they find a matching you know, kidney or heart or something that's halfway across the United States. Yeah. That's a whole nother issue. Yep. You know, whereas if you can, if you can culture them and grow them in a, in a, in a lab. Well, that's the ideal. Heck yeah. That'd be ideal. Because the PETA folks would say, okay, now we're going to be raising pigs for the sole purpose of harvesting their organs. Which is not true. You use them for bacon when you have to get the organs. <laughs> well, true, but <laughs> of course. Exactly. I mean, come on. But I'm saying that, that's what they'll say. Yeah, you're right. For the same reason that people don't like stem cell research that comes from fetuses because, well, then you're, you know, the, the argument is you're just um, doing, oh, I forgot to turn the cameras on, uh, doing abortions for the uh, sake of uh advancing medical research so i hear i hear that argument so the ideal would be to be able to go to the next step is just grow these things in the lab 
from some pluripotent stem, stem cell of some sort. And uh, that would be awesome in the same way that we need artificial placentas for preemies. Wouldn't it be nice of instead of taking a premature baby, um, you know, that's delivered early for whatever reason and putting them in an incubator and trying to get them to uh, respond and give them high doses of oxygen that can cause problems with their retinas and stuff like that. And instead of doing that, hook their umbilical cord to a machine and stick them in a vat of saline and let them develop there. And, uh, 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 you know, for the next, so that's an ideal, Mm -hmm. is an artificial placenta. So we have a lot of cool frontiers. How about figuring out how the brain works? (laughs) So that we're not just dumping bucket loads of serotonin in someone's brain and hoping it makes their depression better, mm-hmm. you know, because that's really what we're doing now. You do brain biopsies on people who are depressed, and you notice that their serotonin levels are low. So you give them drugs that just just throw literally a boatload. Well, not literally, figuratively, a boatload of serotonin in there, and just pray that that's what makes them better. And we're not really dealing with the underlying problem. You know, we're just kind of throwing, treating um, a, a something that requires a staple with a mallet, basically. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, but that's cool. That's cool as hell. Now, people say, well, don't they use pigs and heart stuff all the time? And the answer is yes, we use pig Big valves. valves. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So if your life expectancy is 10 years or less, They'll use a, a pig valve, uh, and but that is washed of antigens. It's just the structure, mm-hmm. and the body will put its own grow its own structure on there, and so it's just a um, a scaffolding on which uh, regular cells can sort of attach. And uh, the nice thing about the pig valve is, if you do it right and your heart is beating normally, you don't need uh, anticoagulation, unlike the mechanical valves. Mm-hmm. So let's talk body farm. Yeah. So talk about DJ Melby. You've yeah. uh, obviously researched this. Talk a little bit about what the body farm is and uh, what it's used for and why in the hell you would want to lie naked out there <laughs> for everybody to see your naked di- dead body <laughs> decomposing in a body farm. That's how she rolls. That, that's how it goes, girls. Yep. Um, so... <laughs> My background before I became a nurse, yep. I was in criminal justice. Well, that's right. Oh, that's I forgot right. about that. Yeah. Before. So um, the body farm, they do a lot of research on how bodies decay in different environments, like in the water oh, yeah. and just out in the woods, um, in a vehicle, in a coffin, you know, just how bodies decay so that they can study and when they come across dead bodies in real life, they can kind of get an idea as to how long they've been there, yeah. mm-hmm. what might have happened to them. So you know how long the person's been there. Mm-hmm. In so. the, and have you ever been to the body farm? No, I haven't. I want to go so bad. I can't stand really? it. Really? Yes. Well, you've come a long way from forensics to what you're doing now. Well, yeah. That's but, interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a combination of the two things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My past in criminal justice and... yeah. Yeah. Current medicine. Okay. Well, again, that's something that you can donate your body to. Yeah, I mean, you're not it. using it anymore. No. And then I'm going to be cremated and throw my... So how long do they have you in the body farm before they just 
you know, I just imagine them coming and grabbing you and the, the tissue just, yeah, just scooping yeah, you up with, with a with shovel. A, with, well, yeah, with a bulldozer and yeah, dump yeah, our I'm ass I'm not exactly the sure how long you so, I guess it just it depends on when they don't need you mm-hmm. anymore. They do different things. They'll put you in different situations, like in a car oh, yeah. in the woods or in the car under water. Or bury you under, bury like, you. like if a serial killer mm-hmm. buried in somebody. In a plastic bag. And they can tell what bugs are on there mm-hmm. at different stages. Exactly. It's so disgusting. Yeah, like domestic beetles will. And uh, maggots. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, you know, a buddy of mine went through that program, and when they worked for TBI for a while, and now FBI, he's pretty high up the. So he goes in and does a lot of those cases. Huh. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty That's cool. Neat. Sure did. Well, good for you. Cool, man. I So we had this guy, James Bird, on our show. He came in third in the funniest person in the Tri-Cities competition. Way to go, James. But he runs um, a company that does medical research on people's bodies after they die. And uh, I've... You know, I've played some jokes on him, and, uh, you know, we were buddies before he entered the contest. I was like, oh, Jesus, why are you really? Mm -hmm. You're entering this? Because I just knew he was going to tank. Hell, he almost won. Oh, wow. If the people from Bristol hadn't voted more times for Brian Morton, who was also our friend, I think James— He stacked the deck against him. Yeah, James, he would have come in second anyway. James was really good. No, he came in second. He would have won. Yeah. Because— uh, Jenny McKinney came in third, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yep. She's been on the show too, <laughs> yes, and she um, <laughs> she's hilarious. She's and she has hilarious. a uh, a she's podcast great. too, which we should plug. It's like something Genergy or something like that. It's hard to say, but anyway. So uh, my last prank that I'm going to play on James is that when I die. He's younger than me. When I die, I want to go there, and he'll have to deal with my naked, dead body on his slab. (laughs) You know, cutting my knees out and stuff like that and (laughs) shipping them off to where the Hell, Dr. Steve, they will will have anything worth using left well, by the time you die, you'll be 90 damn eight oh, i don't know about with your that. Old, with your with your if i make it through the next year i'll be happy you know, <laughs> just put it that way but you better the uh i want a lock of your hair when you die they'll cream well you can tacy will give it to you okay i'll give it to you now and I mean, no, why do you I'll want wait. i'll wait okay i want a tooth just a tooth just a tooth <laughs> just a tooth any tooth will do i could well i could probably do that too <laughs> My across-the-street neighbor is my, you He'll know what? he gold in it or maybe silver. He's my, um, he's my oral surgeon. He's got two of my damn teeth. I wonder what they did with those. I want those. I think he's got part of my jaw where I broke my jaw. Why won't they ago. give you that stuff? How is it theirs? Now, that shit pisses me off. Yeah. I've had people say, you know, I'm having my gallbladder out. I would mm-hmm. like the stones, and sometimes they can get them. Sometimes they, they can't. It's like, well, how, how do you own them now? Right, right. I don't know. I asked for my appendix back, but they wouldn't give it to me. Either. That's bullshit. I know. You know, assholes. once they do, I mean, obviously, they have to take them and process them, look at them under the microscope, make sure that there isn't something there. That that they pathology aware on them. But, You're right. Yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. Do pathology on them. Mm-hmm. Look for cancer or anything weird in there. But then after that, why can't you just have it? Mm-hmm. You they paid no. for it. You paid I a paid, lot of money well, for it. Well, my parents paid a lot for that. Well, still. I mean, Somebody even if your insurance paid for it, you paid for the insurance, so that shit should be yours. We need to look that up. Now I'm mad. <laughs> How do I get my appendix back? Hey, while you're looking that up, do you want me to give you, yes, please. Give you my, my other topic? Oh, please do. You talk about good news. Now, this is really good news. You thought that last one was good news. This is better news. Okay. All right. Well, this is even better Let's news. hear it. Looks like 
cannabis compounds stopped Ooh. COVID virus from infecting human cells in a lab study. In, a, in vitro. Hey, hey, but you know, so. Okay. Hey, come on, man. We got to give it okay, up for, all the, right, for all the weed. All right, I'll give it. So that was my show prep. No, okay. Good job. <laughs> Mine's weak. His, his show prep was trying to prevent COVID by doing weed. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, talk to us about the study. Obviously, it was done in the test tube. Mm-hmm. So you know what else stops COVID from infecting cells in the test tube? Mm-mm. Bleach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> can we just not run some, some bleach or something yeah, through exactly. our blood? And, All right. Uh, <coughs> oops. Um, mm, so, uh, so yeah. So in the test tube, lots of these, lots of things happen. There's a big difference between, uh, you know, an environmental process in a test tube that sometimes can be biologic, but not mm-hmm. always. And uh, something actually happening in vivo, meaning in in a human or in a living specimen. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. Too. They, it, it was able to block um, the A and B variants of a virus in a laboratory, but they haven't been. They have not had enough time to study it um, against you know trying to pick up the COVID virus. But, yeah. But you know, and, and the only thing I would think is that one thing we know is that nasal steroids. Help yep. to block the COVID. I wonder if we could. Does it help to block it, or does it help to decrease the inflammation in the nose so that you don't lose smell and taste as readily? And you and you might be right, but my understanding was it helps to block the uh, receptor sites. Hmm. But now I'm not saying that. I'm, yeah, not, I'm not seeing that. But yeah. I'm you know. I think from the steroids. That might be misinformation, Doctor Scott. By God, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be the first time today or this year, would it? <laughs> but you know, you think you know maybe that's maybe that'll go my, my next. There is some data right? on using intranasal steroids in uh, COVID-19, yeah. but what I saw was... Th- Probably just for infl- inflammatory response. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just thinking, maybe if this is true, maybe I need to start putting some cannabinoids in the uh, Simply Herbals sinus spray. Well, can you do that? Hell dun, yes, dun, I can. Dun. Because remember, the ca- it may be, I could use hemp. I, I could use I could use CBD. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be THC. Yeah. No. So I could actually use, I could actually use hemp. Okay, oil. now wait a minute now. Here's I'm a study finds that. cannabis compounds prevent infection by COVID-19 virus. Now, is this the same thing? Yeah, that's not what I've got, but I believe you. Uh, can- compounds in cannabis can prevent infection from the virus that causes COVID-19 by blocking its entry into cells, according to a study published this week by researchers affiliated with Oregon State University. What a surprise. Uh, a report on the research, cannabinoids block cellular entry of SARS-CoV-2 and the, and the emerging variants was published online on Monday in the Journal of Natural Products. Ooh. There you go. Yeah, well, okay. I've there published in some shitty know. journals myself. Um, let me see. Researchers found two cannabinoid acids commonly found in hemp varietals of cannabis and that's, oh, cannabinoid, oh boy, cannabigorolic acid. I've never heard of that You mean one. to try to pronounce it? C- yeah, please do. <laughs> CBGA. Do not ask me. Uh, oh, shit, no, you don't want me to do it. And cannabidiolic acid, also known as CBDA, combined to the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. Wow. Okay. So I could see an inhaler. With this stuff, if this bears fruit or a nasal spray, Do or they a need nasal study spray, subjects? Yes. yep, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna try that, I, you know, because yeah, they're not controlled substances, so they don't get you off. But right. you know, no, why not won't. just throw a little delta eight or delta nine THC in with it just to make it interesting? 
So, yeah, okay, that's interesting. I want to see human studies, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, it says, although further research is needed, they noted the study shows cannabinoids could be developed into drugs to prevent or treat COVID-19. Wouldn't that be nice? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm glad to see finally, after all this time, that uh, we're starting to actually pay attention to therapeutics. Yeah, I mean, just... the vaccine's great, but we're seeing, uh, I just have my medical student, double vaxxed with the booster, hacking in my office the other day. I said, go get tested. She's positive. So it doesn't prevent infection, but I am very confident that nothing will happen to her because of because She might feel a little rough, Mm -hmm. but she'll be all right. Now, but wouldn't it be nice if we could prevent her from even feeling rough by having something that she could take? Uh, in the early stages to prevent her going into the uh, the heavy stages. Now, she's not at risk, so right now they wouldn't give her anything. Right. But we've got some. We have molnupiravir. It prevents uh, going to the hospital 30% of the time compared to placebo mm-hmm. for people uh, at high risk. And high, by high risk, I mean over 65, obese people or people with immune uh, deficiency or people with diabetes. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, pa- pa- Paxlovid, mm-hmm. the uh, Ritonavir and the other thing, uh, uh, combination okay. is a combination. You have to take two pills when you take that twice a day. It's 90% effective, but it does have some adverse effects, including some effects on the liver and some other things that make me not want to just throw throw it into the mix willy-nilly. You'd want to use it on somebody if you can't get the monoclonals, which we can't right now, or if, uh, you know, they're, they're really high risk, have, you know, one of these people with four comorbidities, hmm. they got to have something. Right. Um, early IV remdesivir. We've all seen remdesivir in the hospital. It's okay, but it wasn't the yay kind of uh, situation that we hoped it would. When you give it to people at risk who um, are not sick enough to go to the hospital yet, it prevents hospitalization by 90%. But it's an IV. We don't have a pill form of it yet that we can just throw at people. Okay. So, uh, uh, that, But that's awesome. That and that, that's off-label, but it can be given now, uh, even off-label. As a matter of fact, because the sotruvimab, sotruvimab, which is the monoclonal antibody that is good against Omicron, is in such short supply, the poor bastards that made Regencove, you know, they were just cranking it out, and then all of a sudden it's like it just came to a screeching halt <laughs> with this new variant. And so this uh, sotruvimab is um, is effective against it, but it's in short supply. So uh, there are health systems now that even though it's off-label are gearing up to say, okay, if we can't get that, we can at least do the IV remdesivir. And then there's a, a another uh, drug that can be used as pre-exposure prophylaxis for people who are at extremely high risk of becoming severely ill with COVID-19. And uh, it's called something like, oh God, now I'm having a senior moment. Um, Look up pre-exposure prophylaxis, uh, COVID-19, and there's, there's a drug. It's it's uh, dip, Dipruscheld, something like, God dang it. Oh, I'm, now I sound like an idiot. Uh, Evusheld, Evusheld, E-V-U-S-H-E-L-D. So if you know someone 
that has a severe immunodeficiency um, or is otherwise at high, high risk and has not been exposed to COVID-19 yet, but if they do get exposed, you're pretty sure they're going to end up on the ventilator. They can get this stuff, this E-V-U-S-H-E-L-D, E-V-U-S-H-E-L-D. And uh, it is long-lasting protection. Hmm. So it's not for people who have COVID. It's not for people who have been exposed to COVID. It's for pre-exposure prophylaxis prophylaxis for high-risk people. So that's out there, too. So that's good news. So we're seeing more and more research geared toward therapeutics. I've I've said from day freaking one, if you go back and listen to some of my early COVID sit reps that I did at the beginning of the pandemic— even before it was called a pandemic, that what's going to end this will be a therapeutic that will keep you out of the hospital. Right. Because then it just becomes a, you know, it really does become a cold at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's for my a, least favorite part of the job. Yeah. Yeah. What is all these COVID patients. You know, I know. I know. It's just we're naming, um, we are naming uh, the spaces between rooms in the emergency room with room numbers now. Oh, yeah. So you have room two and room three, and then you'll have room 2C, and that's actually the space between those two. And you can mm-hmm. put a put a uh, stretcher there and have a patient there. At least you know where they are when they say they're in 2C. Okay. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I had a patient the Screw other day. Screw HIPAA. Like Go that. ahead. Yeah. yeah, I had a patient like that the other day. Um, it was 2 hallway yeah and i didn't catch the hallway and i went in room two and that patient was on a ventilator i was like wait my patient's alert and oriented something bad has happened oh, yeah. <laughs> something, right. but they were in 2h because they, they were in the hallway yeah they were in the hallway it's sad now uh the reason we're seeing this uptick in the hospital isn't that because omicron is that bad because it's not if you go to covid.stoutlabs.com S-T-O-U-T-L-A-B-S.com, covid.stoutlabs.com. Look at um, the United States, get rid of everything else, and then look at new cases. You'll see this massive spike, mm-hmm. bigger sp- biggest spike we've seen since the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. Then look at new deaths, totally flat. Right. Now, if the spike weren't as high as it is, you would actually be seeing a decline in deaths. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it, it's the if you if you calculate the difference in the number of cases versus the number of hospitalizations in Delta, which peaked nine uh, seven, which was the day I got it. Mm-hmm. I got it the day of the peak. <laughs> when you look back at retrospective data. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> that was a very uh, auspicious day. Also, Tacy's birthday. Yes. She had I the worst that. birthday ever. Mm. Poor thing. Um, and then. Uh, look at the difference between the number of cases and the number of hospitalizations now. The difference is is enormous, that you know, comparatively speaking. So, the data is bearing out the contention that Omicron is less uh, lethal mm-hmm. than all the previous variants before it. The problem is, is that there's just so many of them. You know, that's mm-hmm. just the magic of huge numbers. We're still seeing lots of cases, but. Uh, I'm waiting for, uh, if you go to covid.statlabs.com, look at the peak. And when you see, uh, if you'll activate the Bollinger Bands, which we use in technical analysis for the stock market, uh, when you see that green line pull away from the top band two peaks in a row, we're ready for a downturn. And every single 
uh, variant that we've had has followed that that um, mode. So that's happened every single time. So that's a good indicator that we're heading for a downturn. And you can see that before you actually see a downturn in the smooth moving average. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, all right. Fun with statistics, everybody. <laughs> Sadistics. Didn't know this was math class. Sadistics, not statistics. Anything else that Sadistics. we want to do? Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Those were very good things, Dr. Scott. You brought good stuff today. Thank you. I'm going to give you, you a... <laughs> but that's all you get. Do you want all a right. shot of tequila? Uh, better not. But don't do that. He just doesn't. He's scared to to uh, share a, a shot glass with you. That's what you can is. drink straight from the bottle. I don't think you. There's. I don't think you've got anything I haven't had at least twice. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. I'm good. Well, I'm pretty disease okay. free. <laughs> Breasts and a vagina. I don't think you've had either one of those twice. Or have true. you? That's true. That's true. Mm. Not these. <laughs> not those. No. Well, not, not, not those. those. But I mean, anyway, that was. Uh, anyway, not a well, let's get hot in here, Doctor. It is a question uh, being put under. For my oh, wait, we had a question from the uh, from the peanut or the waiting room, right? Peanut gallery, not the peanut gallery, the waiting room. <laughs> Remember at the beginning of the show, I said, "Hey, someone has a question, and we need to grab it." No. Oh yeah, I'll I'll, find, I'll go back and find it. I'll go back and find it. Okay, well we'll do this one, then let's do that one. Let's go. Okay. Hi, Doctor Steve. It's Tom from Michigan. Quick question about uh, being put under for medical treatment. Um, obviously, there's risk involved with that, but what... Okay, yeah, we had a technical difficulty, and uh, his call got cut off, but hmm. what he's asking is, um, what is the risk of having anesthesia? So there's anesthesia, then there's anesthesia. If you're talking about... Um, regular local anesthesia, there's almost no risk to that unless someone injects your penis or your <laughs> finger with lidocaine that has epinephrine in it. Mm-hmm. So any medical students out there, do not inject lidocaine with epinephrine uh, into an appendage or a penis or anything that is, you know, has a terminal blood supply. Because what happens is, is it blanches. Uh, the epinephrine is a vasoconstrictor. It's adrenaline. Mm-hmm. It constricts the blood vessels, but it constricts the little tiny vessels right. in, the, uh, in the fingers or the penis. And then they might just slough off, mm-hmm. which sloughing is an onomatopoeia. It sounds like what it sounds like, just slough. I want to see that one day. You want to see it happen? Yeah. I keep waiting for that to happen to me, but it doesn't Well, happen. just don't use epinephrine in your lidocaine if you're numbing somebody up. The reason that they use epinephrine is to is to reduce bleeding mm-hmm. because it contracts and constricts those blood mm-hmm. vessels. But we can control bleeding now, so I never use epinephrine. I don't do the kind of surgery that requires epinephrine when I inject it. Mm-hmm. So I just never have that problem. And if you are going to inject a toe and numb it up. So here's one. You can slough somebody's toe off if you put a rubber band around the toe as a tourniquet and then forget to take it off. Yep. Yeah. So don't do that. So we, we always recommend, and the way I teach it is you take the rubber band and loop it around the toe and then clamp it. And then that way nobody can pull their sock on with a friggin' clamp uh, you know, on their foot. That's what they did when they removed my daughter's toenails. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just put a little rubber band around it and s- 
But they clamped it, right? They clamped it. Yeah, you clamp it. So you don't actually twist it around. Mm -hmm. You just pull it, you loop it around, and then clamp the two ends of it. And that's why you do that is so that you have control. You can get rid of it. You can undo the pressure in a second if you need to. But the main reason is that you don't leave it on there. Right. Because that's catastrophic. Mm -hmm. Now, if you do a procedure that has an adverse, a catastrophic adverse event one time in a thousand, it's going to be hard for you to tell if you, uh, to compare that to a procedure where it has an adverse effect one time in a hundred thousand. Now, the one time in a hundred thousand procedure is two orders of magnitude safer, but you, you will have to do a ton of procedures before you ever figure that out. That's one of the problems that people have this sort of buy outcome bias. Well, everything went good last time, so it will next time. So you have to be very careful. But that's not what this guy's talking about. They're talking about um, anesthesia-related adverse events. And did you find anything, Scott? No. <laughs> I, didn't, I was looking up an anesthesia. I thought you were looking up the anesthesia. Well, I, I did. Oh, I yeah, just I'm wondered sorry, if no. you looked up anything. No. I've only taken care of one patient that had that problem. That had what? Sloughing off penis? Well, no, that was a separate incident. That was different. Okay, yeah, that was from no. that was her boyfriend. Yeah, I was gonna say, that was that he had been because she has some, you know, super herpes. Yes, I have super herpes. <laughs> she passed on. I will never have another date. She again. passed on. Hey, she passed on ringworm to his penis and it ate around <laughs> and left it off. That would make an interesting story. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, let's don't do that. <laughs> well, so I, I do have a thing. This is major incidents and complications in otherwise healthy patients undergoing elective procedures. Results based on 1.37 million anesthetic procedures. And it says cases from 1999 to 2010 were filtered. Uh, cases were defined as elective patients classified as ASA physical grade, status grade one and two, that's somebody without relevant risk factors that resulted in death or serious complication. And these were general anesthetic patients, if I am correct. So of 1.3 million patients, uh, 36 people died. And that gave a complication rate of, uh, let me see, 26 per million and uh, for procedure for those with possible direct anesthetic involvement it was 7.3 per million so if I gave you those odds you would go straight to Vegas and bet everything you've everything got, you got. Mm-hmm. everything you've got yep. so the you know there's a lot of procedures done so there are going to be some people who die but it's amazing out of 1.3 million people only 36 died and it it was less than let me see if 26.2 per million so a third of those so about a third of those so maybe thir- 12 13 of those actually died because of an anesthetic involvement you know a problem sometimes uh, someone will be intubated in, improperly or things like that but that is so incredibly rare i've never seen it they said you had one you one. can't okay well don't talk too no. You can speak in general terms, but we have to be careful. Well, it's about just a surgery that. patient yep. that did not wake up after. Yeah, oh, shoot. Yeah. Now, a lot of times, I have seen those, but it's usually someone that's got a lot of comorbidities, and they already had problems. Well, we will see people who have maybe a little bit of dementia, and then they have a surgical procedure, and all that total body inflammation, inflammation 
somehow affects the chemistry of the brain, and then they go into stage seven mm-hmm. dementia, right. which is the only there's only seven stages. Speeds them up. And uh, sometimes they recover from that as the inflammation recedes. Sometimes they never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't count that, though. That's that's more of a total body thing, and those people are not healthy in the first place. Yeah. So you're doing emergency procedures. You're not doing elective procedures on people that are that sick. No. So, yeah, I don't remember what the surgery was. Um, I read another uh, thing that said for all anesthesia, it was like point four point zero four percent of people had an adverse effect that affected them long term mm-hmm. uh, after uh, anesthesia and I think that one included if I'm if I remember correctly uh, partial conscious sedation like for colonoscopies okay. and uh, general anesthesia so kind of for when you have a colonoscopy you can still breathe right. and you can still talk too those people say all kinds of crazy shit mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I was just wondering, Dr. Steve, too, and, I, and we don't have to go into it now, but and I'll I'll do some research. But I wonder if they break it down even further. People having cardiac procedures having yes. worse um, signs of dementia following. Oh, I don't know about that. That's I see it in just, hips. Yeah, well, I'm, but yeah, big joints and stuff like. That. But I just yeah. kind of wonder because the heart mind connection. You know, what about a hundred percent of all people have heart procedures have yes. de- have depression. You that's know, interesting. Yeah, that? and and so I just wonder if that, if that's going to affect the brain more. I'll look. I'll look into it. Yeah, I'll we should we should do some more research on that yeah. rather than just spouting. Yeah, off again, a bunch I'm not. I'm not statistics. We don't know what the hell we're talking. No, about. no, I'm not saying that for sure. I'm saying <laughs> I, I qu- it's a query. Do you want to hear our our, our question yes. from, the, from yeah. the gallery? Yes. So for people who are listening to this uh, after the fact. We are we broadcast live around three thirty every Wednesday on our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and uh, we have uh, people ask questions yeah, in well, the in the what we call the waiting room. And some <laughs> of them are good questions. Yeah, no, they are. No, they are. This actually is a good question. Okay. So this is from Bob. Sometimes when I drink red wine, I get sharp pains in my cheeks and upper jaw. What's up with that? Oh yeah. Okay. I've got a. Do you know what? Well, Go I've ahead. got a guess. Yeah. Alcohol flushing. Um, Sounds like it. Enzyme in your face. I have that now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, don't yeah. take advice. <laughs> wrong, wrong yeah. one. Sorry. Here Give yourself a yeah. bill. Yeah. yeah. Talk That's what it sounds it. like. Well, it, and, and the main reason I know this is because going to a Chinese medical school, a lot of our Asian, all the people I went to school with were, were, were Asian, and, they, and a lot of those guys would get red flush faces. That, and that's mm-hmm. he's not being racist. That's no, I'm not at all. Real, no, that's yeah. a thing. That's yeah, actually that is, a real thing. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing bad. But you could kind of tell it's a dead giveaway where, you know, me being Irish, German, my face looks like this all the time. You don't know when I've been drinking or not, which yeah. is more often than not. But, but yeah, it's an it's a alcohol flushing, um, not really harmful. You can control it with some of those. Like those H2 blockers can so, calm it down a little bit. Do you know what? what so I'm going to do what they do in medical schools. So you answer a question right, then they keep drilling until you can't, they can't until answer you it. can't answer it. Anymore. I don't think this will so, go so very you, far, but we can try. Do you know what the defect is that causes alcohol flushing syndrome? That... Uh, acetyl D. Damn it! Oh, you're something. real close. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll give you that. Alcohol. Do you know? Yeah. No, I do not. It's know. aldehyde dehydrogenase. It's mm-hmm. a, it's an enzyme that you that you don't have enough of, or apparently yeah. I don't have and enough. So, of. what happens is, is when you go from alcohol, you go from alcohol to acid aldehyde, mm-hmm. and then you have to break that down even further to its constituent parts, gotcha. and uh, from ethanol to acid aldehyde, and then, um, you know, water and other 
other breakdown projects. And when it gets stuck in acid aldehyde, it'll make you sick and you'll get flushing and all those kinds of things. And mm-hmm. so my dad's wine, um, he, my dad was a vintner and he tried to make wine out of local North Kakalaki grapes. Okay. They're called fox grapes. And they were pretty good to eat, but he was wildly unsuccessful in his <laughs> and and he would make wine in these giant wooden barrels and he would he would do the secondary fermentation in there and then he would he would he would bottle it. he was so proud of it and he would give people six packs of this stuff and people that had had it would go oh <laughs> thanks, thanks Irv thanks, you know Irv. that's very thoughtful of you and then immediately toss it in the dumpster right and uh, so I was doing organic chemistry at the time, and I took a sample of his wine uh, to my lab and ran it on the gas chromatograph, and it showed a peak, not where alcohol is supposed to be. There was a small one with that, but a huge peak where the acetaldehyde was. Hmm. And you, your body cannot tolerate acetaldehyde. It's got to get rid of it. Mm. And if you can't get rid of it and it builds up, then it causes all these effects. And there are drugs that they can give you if you're a drinker that will stop the metabolism of alcohol and stop it right at acetaldehyde to induce this effect. It helps people uh, from, uh, you know, um, drinking again. I was trying to figure out how to work recidivism into that sentence that I'd already constructed and I couldn't do it. So anyway, it pre- helps prevent recidivism of uh, drinking. And there's a there's an antibiotic that also causes this. Do you know the name of it? Metronidazole. Give yourself a bill. That's it. Yep, metronidazole. Also, also known as, I know what it is. You oh need God. it for STDs. Yes. Flagyl. <laughs> Flagyl. Ah, there you go. Ah, there you go. Oh, cool, man. Yep, very good. good. So, yeah, if you take flagell, you should not drink alcohol because mm-hmm. it may, not always will, but may make you very sick. Mm-hmm. So they'll always counsel you not to do that. So, good. Did that a couple of times. Yep. Yeah. Now, working it says here. Slow learner. <laughs> no, working at the health department. It says here there are at least 540 million people worldwide with uh, um, uh, alcohol dehydro- or aldehyde dehydrogenase. Uh, deficiency. That's about 8% of the population. People of Japanese, Chinese, and Korean descent are more likely to have alcohol flush, flush reaction. At least 36% and perhaps up to 70% of East Asians experience facial flushing as a response to drinking alcohol. Hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, we had our buddy that used to listen to the show years ago from Nashville. He's the one that invited us to do the... the um, um, Skydog conferences. He, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. The hacker. Yeah, he. he yeah, what's that. going on with that? I hadn't heard from him in years. I think they they stopped. COVID killed COVID. that too. Yeah. It killed yeah. every damn good yeah. thing. Yeah, he's a wonderful guy. Except WATP, they just had a big event right in the middle of a pandemic in Chicago. So, yeah. Hmm. And, I, and I woke up thinking that I'd given everybody COVID. <laughs> this I got all real paranoid. Not sure why I got paranoid. It could have been the trip to the dispensary in Chicago. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Might have been it. All right, let's see here. Um, let's take one last one. We've got a, another minute. Matt from Connecticut. Hey, Matt. I am about halfway through an accelerated nursing program okay. at a state university here. Good and I'm you. just heading into my bed search clinical and with COVID and everything it's off the rails completely 
but I wanted to reach out for you, to you with a different kind of question than what you're probably used to getting. I know that you got into medical, you know, the medical profession, healthcare, as a second career. I was an accountant before yeah. I jumped in at 40 years old to do nursing. DJ Melby did too. I know that you had, in a way, uh, you always keep busted on ham radios and things like that. So <laughs> you obviously had a much different degree. Did you feel a sense of like that you didn't belong, or that you're a fraud, or they're going to find out, or no, and any sort of like a lot of stuff? We're almost out of time. Wow. That's a type A personality that's got nothing to do with your career. No, you, you got are this, a, buddy. You are a type A person. That's why you're succeeding. And type uh-huh. A people, the classic symptom of that is they feel like they're a fraud and that someone's going to find out that they're, they're there and they shouldn't be. You absolutely should be there. This is the opposite of the Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger effect is when uh, dumb people think they're better at stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there is the opposite side of the Dunning-Kruger effect where really smart people uh, think they're no, they underestimate their abilities. So you're going to be fine. And, uh, you know, anytime you want to come down here and uh, be on the radio, you're welcome to come because we want our brothers and sisters in um, healthcare to, uh, you know, be welcome in this place. So anyway, so we're going to have uh, DJ Mel B's mom on the phone. Mom's on the phone. Mom, say hi. Say loud. Hi, hi mom. Hello, everybody. You want me to hold the Yeah, the hold phone? on just a second. I'm going to give you to Steve. Okay. Hello, Mel B's mom. I don't know if you know that's her radio name. So. Well, I do. Oh, so she made you listen to the last time she was on the show? No, she didn't. And I wasn't sure how to get it up. Oh, that's probably good. That's what she. That's what she said. Yeah, I know. That's Mom. I was going to say that. <laughs> Mom, watch what you say. No. These I, men will I tear know. you apart. I just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love it. We love it. So, uh, uh, your daughter, who is slamming shots of tequila over here. I'm not slamming, yes. Mom. I don't doubt. <laughs> there we go. The truth comes out. Is uh, said that four. you had a question for us. Now, hopefully, we can yes. answer it. We were wondering, can a severe case of COVID like my husband had cause problems with your eyesight? Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Now, he was sick back when I was sick. We all had it together. Okay. So he got sick the same time everybody else did. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, so what kind of symptoms is he having with his eyesight? He's just having some blurring and what else? Well, yeah, and it's, I just can't read the fine print like I did. Okay. He, can't, he can't read fine print like he did. Um, he's, he's, he's just having some problem making the letters out. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's also diabetic. He's he also diabetic. Di- mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, and he has just had um, an eye exam and was showing no signs of any problem. What now? Like let me ask you this: he had COVID. D- oh, before he had COVID. Okay. Yes. So has he had an eye exam since then by an ophthalmologist rather than an optometrist? No. He okay. had one uh, the uh, middle of August by an ophthalmologist oh he did okay so, and that yes. was that was be- that was right before that we right before COVID. COVID. okay probably a couple yes. weeks all right so um 
you know, COVID-19 blocks or restricts blood supply to the retina in some patients, and it causes a thing called retinopathy. And diabetic patients already know what retinopathy is. And they think it begins to occur between two and four weeks after they've recovered from COVID, and the main symptom is blurred vision. Now, the other thing that he could have, though, is a detached vitreous. So the vitreous is the clear jelly that's in the eye. And when you're are in our generation, I'm 66, so he's got a few years on me, uh, and you cough a lot, that can separate the vitreous humor from the back of the retina, and that will cause blurry vision too. But usually you'll have spots of blurry vision with flashes of light and stuff like that. So if he's not having that, he may just have garden variety, long COVID retinopathy. And he definitely needs to go see an ophthalmologist and have them do a, you know, a retinal exam. Okay. Now, All right. what can you do about it? Hell, I don't know. That's, you know, <laughs> the ophthalmologist. <laughs> Sorry well, about it. I know what it is. I just don't know what to do about it. But the ophthalmologist will know if there is anything they oh, can well, do about it. Oh, that's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I'm going to, okay. my, my provisional diagnosis in the absence of flashing lights and spots is going to be post-COVID retinopathy. And I would love for you to call back and uh you know, tell us if we, I'm right because I am extremely narcissistic and I like to. He likes no, being right. I, I do mm-hmm. like being right, but <laughs> I like being wrong too because if I'm wrong, then it means I learned something. Exactly. All right. Any other? That's what I've always said. I've told Melissa that, but she doesn't Change. have that. Uh, <laughs> no. That that gene, as far as tequila is concerned. <laughs> So I, I'm I'm not sure there's any hope for that. No, I'm, that's okay. But she's a good girl, though. Well, thank you. I think so. Yeah, we love working with her. So you you raised a good, and very smart. Aww. Very thank smart. you. And she's right, pretty too. The so there you falling. go. Well, fa- she takes after her mother. I'm there sure she does. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, hey, thanks for calling in, and I hope his eyesight gets better. And let us know how that turns out. He needs to see an ophthalmologist, and if you need a name, I've, I'll give Melissa one. I, I know the best person for him to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. We we do see an ophthalmologist. Okay. And uh, so I'll check with you on that. Okay. Well, nice. if, if you already have one, then they'll know what to do. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye, Mama. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> I don't know that she could hear you. We could hear you, but I don't know that she could. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Post COVID retinopathy. That's going to be my guess. It's well, I'll keep you an posted. Educated guess, but mm-hmm. keep you posted. All right. Are we ready to get out of here? Sure. We have anything else? Anything else in the... We, there, was, there was one other good question to the okay. very end, if I can find right. it real, real quick. It yeah. was a really it's good podcast. question. podcast. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, while he looks for that, yeah. did uh, you know that I'm there's sorry. a code for if you oh. get hit by a duck? <laughs> okay. we were So we're going to do uh, <laughs> crazy codes, so that'll be a good teaser for the next show. Are you going to come? You go. Will you come next week? Yeah, I'll come next okay, week. Okay, uh, because uh, Carissa will be here next week, and she had some codes, too. So one of the things that I tasked them with was to find crazy mm-hmm. 
uh, uh, diagnosis codes that are actually in the manual. So what what is the ICD-10 code for hit by a duck? I'll have to look it up. I didn't memorize it. Hold on. It's, it's right my here. favorite uh, uh, sign-on <clears throat> in uh, the emergency room from 1986 was uh, they used to write patient states chest pain or patient states short of breath. And my favorite one was patient states hit on head by plastic Santa at Walmart. <laughs> and that was a, they were trying to get a damn lawsuit going. Yep. <laughs> so yes. they wanted it in the medical record. Go ahead. All right. Struck by a duck, which my mother has been struck by a duck. Yeah. My, I witnessed it. My it uncle's been scary. struck by a swan. Yes. Um, it's W61.62XD. I wonder if there's. That's for a subsequent account encounter. Oh, so they, there's a first encounter and a subsequent <laughs> yes, encounter? Yes, we so, can have multiple visits. W61 what? Uh, W61.62. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just going to put that in and yeah. see. Struck by a duck. Struck by a duck. I was looking to see if it was synonymous with anything oh, else. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also synonymous with being struck by a turtle. Which is very oh, close. Oh, is that right? Okay. I mean, I don't know how you can get struck by a turtle. So They're pretty small. Somebody dad, would have to be really mad at you. See that coming. My dad's pro- uh, property, he had a lake, and there were two swans on there. And the male swan, for whatever reason, the rest, of, we'd get around there, he, he would ignore everybody. Just completely aloof. Whenever my uncle, and we called him Uncle Gunk. His name was Uncle Chuck, but we always called him Uncle, Uncle Gunk. That's awesome. And uh, when he would come down there, that damn swan, you could see his wings would start to spread, and you would see him just thrusting in the water just to swim as fast as he could no, to no. go after my uncle. And he chased him around his car, and my uncle got in his car, and then he hears this, Dunk! like that, and that damn swan hit with his beak it hit, hit the the panel of his <laughs> of his car and put a big ass dent oh, in it oh. now they've got really really strong neck muscles mm. yeah. and uh yeah you, you don't want to get hit by, by one. A duck. Oh my god and a turtle so right. it says here that there is um some other uh the following contain annotations and back references that may be applicable one is external causes of morbidity and exposure to animate mechanical forces. I love that animate mechanical forces. That means a living thing hit you. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. I remember there was one called Ghost Hand, and I've never seen that either. I want to code this code someday. W61.62. I might just throw it in once, Start. just in the middle of a bunch of other codes. Just see what happens. Just That's see what hilarious. Happens. Yeah. All right, last one, real quick. You ready yep, for this? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, real, real quick. Richard asked about um, can wearing a mask cause a sinus infection? He had one last winter and said since they have to wear a mask all the time in New York City, um, has to wear again, uh, and he thinks he's getting another sinus infection. So can you get a sinus infection from wearing a mask? I have not seen any data for that. If you're allergic to the fabric, for sure, or the thing that you're washing it in, I recommend people go buy the paper surgical face mask. Stop wearing the, if you're going to wear a mask, stop wearing the cloth ones. They don't do anything. The surgical mask might actually do a little bit. Uh, With this Omicron, though, I mean, there's... yeah. You know, mask wearing kind of is a joke at this point. But um, if, here's a... Here's it might a, help a little bit, but it's not going to stop it completely. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. that's right. And a little bit might help. You know, back when uh, we had OG uh, COVID, 
it was great because, you know, the R sub T or the number of people one person would infect in the real world was right around 1.1. So, uh, you know, if you had 10% effectiveness of the mask, that would drop that down to, you know, 0.9. And so you'd see a decline in cases. So at that point, mask wearing made sense. When you have a uh, you know, an R sub zero, in other words, a hypothetical infection rate of 10 people mm-hmm. for each one person. So this thing is going up by orders of magnitude. Yeah. Then I don't see where, honestly, wearing a mask is going to make a, a big difference. Now, if it makes keeps one person from getting it, I guess, you know, what the hell? You know, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I I think mandating it is a little nutty, but um, it, just because of the numbers, I just don't see that it has uh, a, a, uh, a significant effect now. But do I have data that says that? No, I don't. This is my own yeah. supposition, given the earlier data on how masks actually prevent infections. And so, can we give Richard a little bit of tidbit of advice? Yeah, yes, of course. That, so That may or may not work, but you know, I would certainly, if he's susceptible to sinus infections, um, Look at look at a, a sinus spray. Look at the the Navage. Look at their your your simply herbals yep, and nasal yep. sprays, etc. And Just, do that prophylactically. Right, exactly. And maybe try to keep from getting your sinus infection, um, and see if there's any anything else in, in his environment that may be causing him to get a sinus infection or yeah. or whatever. I'm looking work. at several reviews of the literature, and none of them have pointed out that mask wearing is an independent risk factor for sinus infections. Mm-hmm. And it says here people may mistake symptoms for a sinus infection when there's something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, viral URIs are confused with sinus infections. There's a lot of things are, you know, right. it could be a lot of things. Yeah. Um, if, if you're having uh, problems in that regard, um, I would get, like Dr. Scott said, a neti pot or a navage oh, and yeah. see if you can prophylactically yeah. stop it from Try happening. Try to keep it cleaned out a little bit. And uh, if it keeps up, then definitely... If there's any chance it's the detergent in your cloth mask or the cloth mask itself, then start using disposable paper masks. Yeah. They're cheap. You could, you, you know, in the beginning they were hard to find, but now they're everywhere. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Sounds Thanks, good. everybody. Hang in there, Richard. Yeah. yeah. Feel feel better. Let us know what you find out. Uh, thanks, Dr. Scott. Thanks to DJ Mel B. You're welcome. Are you okay? You left for a second. I had to go potty. Oh, did oh well. Thanks for sharing that. Well, you asked. Um, it was the, the all that tequila you've been slamming. God damn! How much? Is, oh my God! That uh, that bottle was full. When you am I going to need to get you an Uber? No, I'm good. Okay. Oh boy. I have that's, teenagers. That's that's what drive. everyone who gets in a right. in a drunk wreck says. Well, I'll be fine. I'll send my daughter my location. We can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, that Gould girl. Lewis Johnson, Paul Charsky, Chowdy, 1008, Eric Nagel, the Port Charlotte Whore, the Saratoga Skank, the Florida Floozy, uh, DJ Melby, uh, Roland Campos, sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, she who owns Pigs and Snakes, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Christopher Watkins, Double, a.k.a. Steve Tucci, the great Rob Bartlett, Vicks Nether Fluids, Cardiff Electric, Casey's wet T-shirt, Carl's deviated septum, producer Chris, uh, the inimitable Vincent Paulino, everybody, uh, Eric Zane, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's daughter, Ron Bennington, and of course our dear departed friends, Fez Watley and Gvac, 
who uh, will never be forgotten. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel. SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners. Oh, and one last thing. Okay, sure. Happy birthday, Bill. Happy 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 birthday, birthday. Bill. Or Bob. Or Bob. Wait, was it Bill or Bob? No, it was Bill Schaefer. It is Bill. Was it? Bill the happy Cops. birthday, right. Bill. <laughs> happy birthday, Bill. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website. The, doctor said, the sad thing is nobody listens this far. No. No. I just do this for the people who know they're getting a shout-out. They listen, Ooh. but nobody else listens. Maybe Bill will be listening. I hope so. And he won't have ate his cake Poor old Bill. <laughs> Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time. Check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks, everybody. Bye.